Podcast. Press Play, the real resilience podcast dedicated to all dedicated to all things real to real. Maybe we're in an age now where people can't be bothered to do Google searches for things like how do I clean my tape machine? I had a TIAC X1000R that had been used in a swimming pool. Just sat on the side of the pool and it's not working anymore. Puts one tape on that runs fast for 10 minutes, then goes back down to normal speed. Can you have a look at the machine? I said, is it the same tape that does it on one tape? I said, is it your tape then? I don't think it is. There's no doubt about it. The resurgence of real to real, whilst great, has brought with it a few myths and misnomers, and shall we say, less than best practice in using them. And that was Rob, Gary, and I discussing those and more in part two of our conversation about supporting this format we love. More from us later when we say hello to episode 23. Press play, the real resilience podcast dedicated to all things real to real. There is loads of real resilience news to tell you in this episode. I feel almost like a newsreader. The big story is that from mid-March, we'll be supplying RTM tape to the UK market. There's been great anticipation for this, and I thank those from private users to well-known recording studios who have inquired after tape and placed advanced orders. Price-wise, we'll price match what other suppliers in the UK offer, but we aim to have a lower delivery charge and we won't be supplying from Europe, so it'll be quicker to you too. We've also purchased a small part spare stock of Brian Reeves Revox. Added to the panels and motors we bought in January, this stock now means we'll be in a position to supply parts for A77, B77 and PR99 machines. In with the stock we purchased, there was a large selection of spares for Revox non-reel-to-reel products, such as amplifiers, CD players and turntables, as well as the operation and service manuals for them. We have decided to sell these on eBay. It's not our core business to support these products, so if you're in the market for such bits, then eBay is the place to look for the next few weeks. From time to time, we'll also put reel-to-reel machines up there as well. They tend to be the ones clients have asked us to sell and they're priced accordingly. So far this year we have several machines from Sony and Akai that we've moved on. And our next webinar is due on the 1st of April this year at the regular time of 3pm 1500 UK time and will run for 90 minutes. We're going back to basics, covering buying a tape machine, aspects of tape and where to get it. If you're in the UK then hopefully you'll consider RTM tape from us as well as looking after your machine in terms of cleaning and demagging it, and those other aspects that perhaps, if you are well into the format you take for granted, or if you're a new entrant, of which we welcome you, you may be scratching your head over and afraid to ask. But please ask your questions, and you can remember there are no stupid ones either. There will be a Q&A session at the end of the webinar, the app will be running throughout it, or you can email your questions in advance to me at resiliencewebinars. That's all one word, resiliencewebinars at gmail.com. At the end of March, on the 25th and 26th, I'll be at the Audio Show Deluxe Premier Hi-Fi event in Northamptonshire, UK, presenting a seminar on aspects of reel-to-reel. I'm on at midday on both days and would love to see you there. The Audio Show Deluxe is at Whittlebury Hall Hotel and Spa, Whittlebury Toaster. That's uh, NN128QH. It's near the Silverstone Motor Racing Circuit. Further details can be found on their website, audioshowdeluxe.com. All one word, audioshowdeluxe.com. Press play, the podcast you're listening to right now. Please like and subscribe to it. It all helps and don't forget you can also find it on the YouTube channel too.
In episodes coming up, we'll be hearing from Dan Labrie of Myriad Magnetic about his support of Ampex machines in the United States and how he got started in tape under the tutelage of Mike Spitz. We'll be talking to the owner of a new tape machine, students who are getting into tape, a recording engineer who uses the media in his productions, and people with large collections of machines. 2023 is looking positive for Real to Real and the Press Play podcast too. So once again, please like and subscribe. Subscribe to the Press Play podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your pods. To our main feature of episode 23, I introduced my two guests last episode, only heard from them at the start of this one, Rob Brinkworth and Gary Hedge. In the last episode, we talked about who would be supporting these machines into the future, and we continue this theme by starting off about the condition we sometimes receive machines in. I mean, when lockdown happened in the UK, we were locked down for, what, getting on for 18 months, two years, and I should imagine many other countries across the, the, the world were in a similar situation. I could tell people were clearing out their storage areas, oh, their yeah, lofts, yeah. all their garages, mm-hmm. all their basements. And I had tape machines coming in. I was convinced I'd been stored in a cave next to the sea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spiders, corrosion, you name yeah. it. And thinking, yeah. I'm afraid this thing just, it's, it's, it's a bit like, must be a surgeon sometimes, goes up to someone, I'm, ver- I'm very sorry, but, you know, there's nothing more we can yeah. do for you. And you have to go back to some of these customers and go, I know it's money. I know you've only paid 10 quid, but I do want yeah. some money for this. But you're going to have a, it's only good for parts, you know, it's, and what, what's your thoughts on Rob? Have you got any ones like that, you know, stored in a cave by the sea? You think, yeah, why well, am I taking this on? This one had its first selection of spiders, none alive, fortunately, because <laughs> me and spiders don't get on. Yeah, they can be a bit messy. Com- combining stories, going, going back to valves briefly, I was persuaded to do one for my potential father-in-law. This guy said, would you mind having a look at my dad's old tape recorder? Because I've heard you, you look at tape recorders, don't you? So I had a look at it, and yeah, it was all valves. But fortunately, all the valve side of it worked fine, apart from there was a lot of dirt on the outside of the green magic eye thing. So I just took them all out and, and brushed them off and put them all back in and and... and and, and it all worked fine. Uh, I managed to get the idlers working, and it didn't rumble quite so much when I finished afterwards. Um, sorry, Ian, what was the question again? <laughs> well, <laughs> just, you know, ones, the machines, you, you, you get the covers off, and they're literally just oh, yeah, toast, yeah. you know, they're, they're parts if you're lucky. I've been really lucky so far. I haven't had any really dis- – this one was not great in as much as I think it's been stood on a... So the bottom panel is showing signs of a little bit of surface corrosion, but just on the bottom. So I think it's mm. been sitting in a garage or something somewhere. But fortunately, it's it's you know it's not too bad. I've, I've just given it a, a light clean and it's, and it's come up okay. But I've seen pictures of really, really, really horrendous stuff. I had a TAC X1000R that had been used in a swimming pool. It was a private wow. swimming pool, oh. and the guy had – oh, yes, we used it. It just sat um, on the side of the pool playing music, and we loved it, and it's not working anymore. I've got the pictures of it somewhere, and literally the whole bottom metal plate is just rusted away. Of course, if the bottom plate's rusted away, it's sitting there in chlorine and humidity. Yeah. It's just basically died, and I said, I, I'm sorry, it's only good for parts, and that's it. You could probably stick it on eBay for a few hundred dollars for parts, and that's it, mm. um, but you will not get a working machine out of that because it just had so much wrong with it and uh, sometimes you you get lucky though the the second one i ever bought the second a77 
seven I bought, which is right in the corner there. That was um, quite a bargain. That was a high-speed one, and I think it was £132 with the cover and loads and loads of tapes. And I swear it's probably been used for a couple of hundred hours. It's absolutely mint inside. I've totally, that's one, one of the few ones that I've totally restored. And it's like brand new. There's not a mark on it anywhere. Not a mark on the case, not a mark on the front cover. Sometimes good things happen too. Yeah, I'm currently doing, I bought, um, there was a guy, I'm on another audio group on Facebook and he was doing a house clearance on behalf of a friend. And Mm. there was pictures of, you know, amplifiers, cassette decks. And I saw in the background, there was two reel-to-reels. I quickly messaged him. I said, look, I can see two reel-to-reels there. What are they? He goes, well, I think they're Revox. Took me, sent me some photos. There's an A- A77 with the case, with the rare cover at the front, plastic cover, and a B77. So no, I put in a stupid offer and got them. I went to pick them up. And the A77, which I thought would be the worst one out of the lot, was absolutely immaculate. Like it's only been switched on. Changed the caps in it, then I got it straight back, obviously. But it was, it was immaculate. Everything worked on it. Didn't even need setting up or anything. But the B, unfortunately, was ex-hospital Lincoln radio. And I think it was used for archiving. So it was running 24-7. It was awful. Although you could tell they haven't touched the buttons on it. It must have been for archiving. Because the only buttons that are slightly worn were literally the, 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 the record and stop. So that's it. So it just, it'd be running on slow speed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I put... <laughs> I didn't even look properly at the heads. I put a tape on it and it sounded muffled. And I took some photos and stuck them on a group. And someone said, just check your heads. And I couldn't really see properly. Didn't have any glasses on. And when you look at them, it was down virtually to the coils. There was nothing left of the heads. (laughs) Nothing left the heads at all. And even the capstan motor had worn, the the, the shaft had worn. There was absolutely nothing left of it at all. So that one, which I thought would be the best one. And I'm just finishing it off now. So it's had new everything, new head block, recapped everything. Being an early, early B as well. So it had the C clip on the idler as well. Um, so yeah, but I've just finished that one now with some nice wooden sides. Is that <laughs> for your? Is that for your own use, or are you going that to? That will be for my it? own use, and it's mm. it's beautiful now. But my god, that's mm. took nearly six months now to restore that because mm. it mm. needed. It was a full. It, it should have been a scrapper in my eyes. It should have been mm. a scrapper, but I just thought, no, I paid money for this. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to do something mm. with it. But the the A I sold a week later, you know, because it was just absolutely. It was it was like a time capsule. Mm. There wasn't a scratch on it. It's how it literally would come out of the factory. An amazing mm. thing. Sounded fantastic as well. People ask me why the whole sort of reel-to-reel thing, why has it come back? And I usually tell people the way I see it, it's come back off the uh, the vinyl revival. Yeah. Mm. And we talking earlier uh, about you know the prices of tapes have gone up and and the machines themselves, certain yeah. machines that are. You know, I mean, if you're looking at a Pioneer RT707 or oh, 909, yeah. those are yeah. fetching getting on it's on north yeah. of $1,500 oh, easily, regardless of whatever your currency is. That, yeah, yeah. That's what they are fetching. And some of people might know a company called Tascam Ninja. He's a guy called John Higgins, and he specializes in Tascam, TAC and Tascam, who does some Fostex bits. So if you've got your, your knack of Fostex, so you could look there. <laughs> But he was telling me he's got a list of about 300 people now looking for parts. But wow. you think 300, that's good, but still compared with, I don't know, people who, who have got CD players or, or yeah. even turntables, that's it's still very, very small. Isn't it? Very, very small. But yeah. leads on to that question, how long do you think demand for these services is going to carry on? We've touched on it already that where we're getting their experience and, and, and there's still a lot of machines out there. But I've just wondered how long... Your your thoughts, you know, this this will carry on, and that those three hundred people may be turning to four hundred and still keep us all going. Any any thoughts yeah. on that? 
Gary? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I think, to use the term, it's almost underground, isn't it, real to real? People don't boast about it. They don't ask about it. It's, it's, it's kept in the corner of their lounge and, you know, to impress friends, I think. And it's, it's also it's a nostalgia thing as well, I think. Like I said, my dad had one. My dad's friend had one. So I wanted mm. one. And it's a gentleman's way of listening to music. You sit there in your pipe and slippers with your reels turning with a bit of jazz. You know, it's... I don't think it can ever be a, a replacement for cassettes. Obviously, you know, the tapes are expensive. It's cumbersome in a way. Um, I think it's, it's, it, a lot of it is nostalgic for people. You know, it's memories. And when you read on these groups, people say about, I remember, you know, my dad having one. I remember my granddad having one. And it's, it, I think a lot of it is that. Mm. But I think if that's what's keeping it going, that will always be going. Because the next mm. generation will kind of move it up and it'll, you know... I don't think it'll ever die. You know, well, there's, cer- so. there's certainly something about when you get a tape machine uh, and it's not powered, no reels on. It's just a mm. box. Yeah. But you put some reels on it, it and just, it starts it going pretty, around. Doesn't it? it just looks yeah. nice. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. What, what's your take on it, Rob? What do you think? You know, is it is it is it all driven by nostalgia, or are there people who are you know your your audiophile brigade to say this is the the best form of audio reproduction ever created, and we should go back to the 1970s and 80s when when it was it was a common format. I think there's two threads to that. this answer. Um, there is the nostalgia aspect. So you, you've got people like me who remember them and remember not being able to afford them. And now maybe we're in a position to afford secondhand ones. But I don't think that's all of it. I think the majority of the potential market or even existing market is not so much the nostalgia brigade, people of a certain age, but youngsters. Now, that, that's what's driving the revival for, for vinyl. And I think young people who have only ever lived with, at best, CDs and uh, or, or more likely downloads have got nothing tactile to work with. They've got no experience until... The word starts getting around and like, well, come around my house and we'll play this record or this this vinyl album because it's it's cool and hip and stuff like that. And they actually get their hands on like taking the vinyl out of the sleeve and and putting it on a turntable and putting the needle on them. And then they get the reward of the, the music they want to hear. And they think, wow, that that's I'm not just like liking liking the music. I, I like that whole experience of work a little bit and get some reward for it kind of experience. And if you tried to explain that to somebody a few years ago, they'd probably say, no, you, you're daft. But I mean, I, I talk to my children and, and they agree. Yeah, there is something in it. There's something nice about actually handling a bit of vinyl that's got sound on it and of course my kids being my kids you know it's not, it's not just them for vinyl it's a lot of their friends are experiencing this and of course in the case of my children who i've tried to involve as much as i possibly can in in the fun of doing the tape side of things they kind of get it even more there's nothing my 32 year old daughter loves more than to sticking a tape on a machine oh, and brilliant. threading it yeah. and getting it running and putting the headphones yeah. on or listening to it on the speakers yeah. And 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 her face just lights up because it's it's not just the music; it's the tiny little journey you go on to, to hearing the music is kind of part of the fun, yeah. and and mm. it probably always was part of the fun. We just never realised it because mm. it was the only option we had. This is the Press Play Podcast, brought to you by Real Resilience. Interesting, you're saying about 
sort of hands-on of the tactile stuff. I did have a studio build. It was a podcast studio. People, you know, obviously a lot of demand now for people recording once you record their own podcasts and they people offering studios. Anyway, I was doing some build and maintaining this thing and I was waiting for this girl. She was must be about 21 and her interviewee, similar age, to finish their interview before I could get in and finish the studio off. Finished the interview and she took out this camera, pressed the button, and the, the 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 image came out the bottom of the camera. I said, "What have you got there?" He said, "Oh, it's Polaroid." You know, it wasn't the old Polaroid. Perhaps everybody knows from the nineteen yeah. seventies, where you know it kind of flicked up and it and, and 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 it was all black and silver. It was this blue plastic thing, but it was yeah. still a Polaroid camera. Yeah. And the other person on the picture taken said, "Oh yeah, Polaroid's back." He said, "Because if we take pictures nowadays, we just lose it on our camera reel, and it just it's just it's there. This is something special." Oh, yeah. And this thing came out like a Polaroid picture. You know, sort of I don't know what were they sort of three inches, four mm. inches square. Yeah. Didn't look like the Polaroid I quite remember. It, it, it looked a bit maybe they haven't got the emulsion of film i'm not i'm you know i stick to audio i don't know anything about pictures but it was just another thing of like that tactile thing just like yeah. pressing or dropping the arm down on a, on a on a piece of vinyl or pressing play and record on a tape machine it was just something a bit more tactile if it's a computer it just disappears in there somehow and something happens in the computer mm. but you can almost see it happening with your polaroid camera or your your your, your vinyl I, or your I, I deal with a guy and he's, he's amazing he's, he's got he's got a band he's got like a rock band who to a pubs in scarborough but any reel-to-reels i've got that don't work he has and what he is, he's the, he's the male Delia Derbyshire. So he'll loop tapes round. He, he, he's got poles in his wall that mm. he can do loops up and over and round. And he, he, he came in the shop the other day to see if I had any sort of reel-to-reel that didn't want any spare tapes. And he's on about sort of doing loops. He's got, he's got three machines. One's going to, can, can you, have you got a cable to feed this machine into that machine? And it, it, it's just mad. And it's brilliant. And the stuff he does, he, he tours with them. He does mm. sort of museums and stuff, sticks more on the floor, these reel-to-reels. Have you seen some of the Japanese artists on YouTube? Oh, I mean, they're using tape machines in yeah. ways that when I got into tape in the 1980s, we used it as a recording medium to get the best out of it, regardless of what you're recording. That's it. But now they're using them as performance things. Oh, I mean, they're they're no, DJs everything. are using them. And, DJ, and, and, DJs yeah. are using them. In fact, there's a, yeah. yes, uh, something got posted on one of my friends' Facebook pages the other day, a club they went to. And it's a scene behind with a DJ and he's got his pioneers and his techniques. And in the middle was a Revox B77. So I zoomed in, looked the guy up and he's, he's, he uses it for Echo. So he's a, a wow. professional DJ, but he's been doing it since, well, late 80s and using Revoxes for Echo and, and samples and stuff and spinning the reels. Absolutely incredible. So yeah, there's the tactile thing there, isn't there? That yeah. sort of when I was a youngster, there was a pub in South Croydon that I used to pop into with a friend of mine. I only went in there a couple of times. It was a it was a, a tiny little pub up a, a a little side street off the A23 London to Brighton Road in South Croydon. They had two A77s behind the bar and two sets of quad 303 stroke 405 amplifiers. Wow connected to each of them and when the tape on one of the a77s run out they just switched to the other one <laughs> i just wonder how many heads they got through gary i'll ask you first and rob uh, shoot afterwards uh, are you open to appreciate you know especially with you gary and like me we're running businesses mm. but i'd still like to offer my experience and advice are you open to doing that if people absolutely, want to do yes, contact, contact you yeah 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 okay. And yourself, Rob, you're you're happy to do that because uh, certainly on the you've you've been on some of the webinars I've run as well, and you've been a great sort of source of knowledge. Are you you still open to to offering advice to people, especially if, if they're in a country or in an area that's got nobody nearby? Are you open to sort of helping over the net? 
Yes, of course. Um, I, I know quite a lot of people um, around the world now who, who do this kind of thing. So yeah, I'm only too happy to help. And of course, I'm 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 not running a business. I'm just a retired guy that does it for a bit of a laugh. And retired, but it looks like you've got money. more than enough work behind you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rob, you, you got a B. Is that a B six sixty seven in the background there? there is I can see the yes. meter bridge just over your shoulder. Yeah, it is, oh, is, yeah. is 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 it a sixty seven or an A eighty? Because that's certainly the it's same. Sixty seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't managed to. Unfortunately, I got in slightly too late to um, for for my wallet to be able to expand to an A eighty yeah. or, or an A an A eight anything. <laughs> um, much as I'd like an A eight two seven gold edition. I don't yeah. think it's going to happen some, somehow, but um, but I mean that is a great machine. That was the one I I, th- I think I might have mentioned in a in a previous webinar that you did for us that uh, my brother came round and I stuck the headphones into that and the look on his face was just unbelievable. And he's heard a lot of these stuff. He's heard the PR ninety nine and stuff like that. And I played the B sixty seven to him, and um, wow, that's amazing. That's quite a rare one in as much as it's a high speed one. Oh, what, 30 I, Ips? I, I 30 believe Ips there was only about a dozen made. Yeah, that's so, strange. I've had quite a few B67s through the door, and the majority have been 30 Ips machines, but I know they haven't really? made any. Okay. So whether so I got yeah. my advice from um, Luca, what's his name, in Italy, it, and, and he was the one that said, yeah, I think there was only about a dozen of those made. Well, possibly because it was a Mark One, maybe they only made them, t- I'm guessing now, maybe they only made them towards the end of the Mark Ones, and a lot of the Mark Twos were high speed ones but yeah i was quite pleased with that and 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 it was only it was only down the road the guy that ran a recording studio in lower kingswood years ago who had just had it hanging around and said see a tank machine bowling on for a grand and i said yeah all right then. wow managed to wow. take it to pieces and to put it managed to fit it into the back of my mini <laughs> <laughs> yeah because we'll run around in minis in this country <laughs> over bridge and all <laughs> but yeah. see a tape machine bowling on at 30 ips that's yeah. that's a sight to behold you think he's almost in fast forward anyway to, yeah to answer your elite question yeah I'm, I'm more than happy to help i'm, I'm I, I don't have a mortgage to pay i don't have a business to run i have no overheads so i just do this for a laugh i would say this has taken probably around 130 hours so yeah. far easy yeah, which is probably at least four times more than i would expect because it's been such a pig but I quoted the guy a an estimate to fix it, including parts, and I intend to stick to that, That's even great. though I'm probably going to make about one pound an hour. <laughs> You're less than minimum wage, yeah. Okay. Oh, very, yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. The yeah. other thing I'm noticing as well with a revival, and perhaps you can, you know, just in closing, concur on this. I do find there's sometimes a bit of an information gap, a bit of a knowledge gap that I having worked with these machines for 30 years, assume too much. And I, I got a guy the other day, he said, can you show me how to clean a tape machine? And I, absolutely, it's his machine, he's owned it, and he's owned it for a long time, yeah. thinking, don't you know how to clean it? And it, and it's that even at that kind of level that we need to to, to keep oh, these yeah. machines going. So and this comes up again it. and again and again and again. Maybe we're in an age now where people can't be bothered to do Google searches for things like how do I clean my tape machine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the answers are nearly always always out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah. it, it, it feels like people can't be bothered because the same basic fundamental questions come up over and over and over again. But I still keep trying to answer them if I can and try and help. Gary, last sort of word to you in closing. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, say so you said about the information gap thing. I'm off to go and visit my original A77 high speed tomorrow because the guy has, I know what he's done. He keeps sending me pictures. Do I thread it round this and a picture of like, you know, the, the edit switch? Does it go under here? <laughs> I said, no, 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 you know, he just goes round. The, and he, he's worked that out. I and mean, this is he's a professional guy. He's worked with them for years, yeah. but bought this on the, because he, he's always wanted one. And then I'm going to it tomorrow because he said he puts one tape on that runs fast for 10 minutes. You can time it to 10 minutes. It runs fast, then goes back down to normal speed. Can you have a look at the machine? I said, is it the same tape? That does it on one tape. I said, it's your tape then. You've recorded it at the wrong speed for 10 minutes. Realise your mistake. Turn, oh, I don't think it is. And, it's, and it, it will be. And it's just educating. And say, so it's, yeah. it's, that in, it is, it, they can't work out that if you record something fast and play it back slow. And it, it's, yeah, it, it's quite odd mm, what mm. people don't know about the machines. It's just like a simple thing, cleaning them, like you said, threading them correctly. Um, I had a guy at well, your Nakai 4000 um, DS the other day. He goes, it just, it's not running. And he was completely missing <laughs> the whole thing just had to yeah. literally reel to reel like that, missing the heads and everything. Yeah. The 4000 DS is a classic one. It, 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 yeah. Have you noticed that invariably it'll have um, a notch on the pinch roller? Yes. It's, it, and it's it, either side, mm-hmm. but not in the middle where the tape is. And you can tell what people have done. They probably listened to them late at night and they yeah. just said, oh, I'm going to bed now. And they've switched it off. And the yeah. pinch roll has been jammed it's against just, the capstan yeah, with the tape. Like that. Absolutely. And yeah. it's notched either. It's the notched tape it. has protected the pinch roll and there's two little notches either side. And it's, right. it's, a, it's a classic case of people not looking not after their machines. And yeah, also, you, you see them advertised and people say, oh, yeah, I switched it on, but it's it doesn't yeah. power on yeah. and they don't realize that the right hand tape tensioner yeah it's got enables yep. the power on for its exactly. function so yeah. they just lift that tape guide up all of a sudden <laughs> the little red light comes on yeah. well gents thank you very very much for your time gary hedge you're up in uh, in scarborough indeed rob, rob thank you very much for appearing again i'd love to do something in 2023 with both of you but thanks for your input on yeah. this podcast and yeah gents thank you very very much brilliant our pleasure with the web as our friend although I caution that sometimes the information you find on there can be maybe a little bit suspect, plus a band of enthusiasts and professionals willing to give advice and direction, I think the support for the format is reasonably secure, at least into the medium term. The next episode goes further as to who is looking after these machines when we cross the pond to the United States to talk to Dan Labrie of Myriad Magnetic in Pennsylvania. He learnt his craft in the support of Ampex and other brands used in the professional sector from Mike Spitz. And from my research, I've learnt there were few worth learning the art of supporting reel-to-reel from than Mike. His untimely passing was a great loss to the industry. Find the Press Play podcast on SoundCloud and our YouTube channel. Just search for Real Resilience. That'll about do it for this episode of Press Play, the podcast dedicated to all things tape and tape recorder. Please like and subscribe. And just to remind you, if you're in the UK, we are now the appointed reseller for RTM tape. Please check the shop on the Real Resilience website for what we supply. I'm at the Audio Show Deluxe Hi-Fi Show on the 25th and 26th of March, promoting reel-to-reel in the home listening environment, and I'd love to see you there. The location can be found on the Audio Show Deluxe website. Until the next time, best wishes and keep it real. I'm a little dodgy laptop and I bought a pair of headphones from Argos the other day. So next time I'll get more prepared.